So you always want to be prepared to... To set goals. To be really disruptive. Diversity is fundamental. It is just trusting those super strengths. To recover from those failures and, and learn from them. Humility looks like the softest word, but it's kind of the hardest. We ourselves are in beta mode. Life goes on. Sporting Edge, inside the mind of champions. Welcome to the Inside the Mind of Champions podcast. My name is Jeremy Snape. I'm a former England cricketer with a master's degree in sports psychology. Since retiring, I've been fortunate to work with and interview some of the world's most successful thinkers and performers. And I'm passionate about translating their habits and routines into practical strategies to help you become more successful. In each episode, I'll be dissecting a common performance challenge to help you improve your mindset, your leadership and your team performance. To me, our mindset is the next frontier. So let's find out why. Hello and welcome to today's episode, Leadership After the Lockdown. Before I dive into today's content, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you for all your help in getting this podcast off the ground. We're into our ninth episode now, and a few weeks ago, we made it into the Apple Podcast Chart Top 10 for Management Podcasts, which was brilliant. I know it's easy to listen and then skip on to the next thing in your day, but it means a great deal that you're sharing this with your friends and business colleagues to help them as well. There's no big PR gurus or sponsors behind this. It's just me and you, so I really appreciate it. And special thanks go to Shubba and AL4059 for your five-star reviews on Apple. I really appreciate you taking the extra time to write those kind words. And for all of those who've connected on LinkedIn and shared the link to episode eight, from Mandela to Mars, lessons in isolation. I'm not sure if you saw my follow-up note about the sad news that Dennis Goldberg died on the 26th of April, aged 87. We've now lost both him and Ahmed Katrada, two men whose courage, resilience and optimism changed the world. And I'm determined to keep their interview insights and their story alive. So thanks so much for sharing the links to that podcast episode specifically. It seems to have resonated with you in so many ways. This strange period where the whole world has been confined to our flats and our houses has been so surreal. There have been hundreds of thousands of lives lost and millions of businesses around the world have been affected. As we pass this first peak of infection rates, many of the governments are wrestling with this fine balance between loosening the lockdown to get the economy going and the risk of creating a second wave of infection. In today's episode, I'm going to be searching through Sporting Edge's research interviews with leaders from the world of high performance and sharing some of their reflections with you. I've covered this content in a webinar recently with over 270 executives from our client group, and they provided some amazing questions. In fact, we've got over 200 questions from that group, which gives you a snapshot into their mindset. So I'm going to share some of those and hear some of the uh, key messages from our experts that we're going to hear from today. When you come from the outside and you, you kind of evaluate the opportunity on a blank sheet of paper, you know, try and protect what worked yesterday. Their eyes lit up, their heads came up, and I suddenly found myself confronted with these creative creatures who had really great vision. 
And obviously you've got to be creative to do that, but that's part of the challenge of leadership. So such a great episode for you today. And I'm going to take a lot of the insights from our Winning Mindset for Leaders research, this framework that considers three parts to leadership, leading self, leading others, and leading the organization. It's taken over a decade to compile these interviews from some of the world's great leaders, and we've curated their insights into this flagship digital coaching program. I'm going to share a bit more about this program with you shortly in case you'd like to join our next cohort, which starts at the end of May. And if you're listening to this after that date, don't worry, these run quarterly and you can find out more details on sportingedge.com. But over the 12 weeks, I'll be coaching and guiding you through the leading self, leading others and leading the organization modules. And leadership has never been so important. So I really hope you find this session where we start to break down some of these strategies to make an impact after the lockdown really useful and practical for you as you start to think about your own re-entry back into the office. It feels like we need to refocus almost like a coach in a half-time team talk. We definitely need to remember our strengths and what our business is and what ourselves are capable of. But with so much anxiety and uncertainty around, we also need to reconnect with those foundational principles of why our business is different and what difference we're going to make. Maybe your medicine saves lives. Maybe your technology allows communities to stay connected. Maybe your financial institution gives people peace of mind. We all have these KPIs and spreadsheets and sales to make, but it's really, really important that we strip things back as we start to think about this uh, new beginning and go back to those foundational principles, that core purpose of why our business and why our organisation exists. So to get us started, we're going to hear from Eddie Jones, the England rugby coach. I had the privilege of working with Eddie and the England team during the first 18 months of his tenure when the team won 18 games in a row to equal the world record for consecutive wins. It's an absolute privilege to get close to some of the world's best rugby players and also get close to Eddie and his brilliant coaching team to understand how they delivered those high performance results. There's no doubt that Eddie had an inspirational effect on the players and support team when he came in in that new period and the results definitely proved this. So I'm just going to find this clip where I know he speaks about inspirational goals uh, and it's really critical to set in this foundation for success. Yeah, here we go. Here's Eddie Jones. When you set your mission or goal, you've got to make it special. Yeah, you know, you've got most people in life, if they're going to give more than just the normal day-to-day uh, effort, they want to be part of something special. They want to be part of something that, that changes the way either they're perceived or the way their sport's perceived or the way their team's perceived. And I think if you can do that, then, then you get more effort from the players. So I think setting a, a special goal, not something that's, you know, we're going to win the competition. You know, everyone wants to win the competition. It's, it's adding something extra to that. And obviously you've got to be creative to do that, but that's part of the challenge of leadership. So that challenge for leaders then, you can hear about um, the, the phrase doing something, setting a goal that redefines the way you're perceived or redefines the way your team or your business is perceived. 
So we have an opportunity to reset. We have an opportunity to set this inspirational quest for our business. There's no doubt that we're going to need people's discretional effort. We need to take away their fear of failure. We need to galvanize them all around this central cause and purpose. So Eddie's challenge is to set something that redefines the way people see you. Maybe your industry or your market has been completely disrupted or even decimated by this crisis. So it's really important to reconnect with those goals and and point at that true north so that we can restart the journey with focus and purpose. So let's look at some of our research framework around leading self. We've got to get ourselves right. So lots of people have been asking about what's the right kind of leadership? You know, who are good role models? And I think Jacinta Ardern, uh, the New Zealand prime minister, has been an absolutely fantastic role model uh, in the way she's developed, you know, these tough decisions, but also a huge human compassion for the people that are struggling through this particular challenge and others that she's seen during her tenure. A lot of people were asking, how do we remain positive when you're under pressure or feeling flat? And how do I manage the stress and expectation? So these are some key areas. You know, how do I manage my energy? How do I make the right decisions? How do I juggle my priorities? How do I avoid burnout? These were all the kind of themes that the leaders were discussing on this webinar. Uh, around leading self. So we know that from some of our insights, those of you who've listened to the sessions around pressure and and also featured in the Great Pause podcast, that novelty, uncertainty and uncontrollability are some of the factors which start off the stress response. So if things are new, that can create a stress for us. If something's uncertain, we don't know what's going to happen, then that boosts it. And if something's uncontrollable, we have no influence over it, then that takes it even further. So that starts to create this fight and flight or the freeze response. And that's really important for us to understand that. And the one thing we have to do is to move away from this idea of, you know, watching the news and spending all of our day worrying about the economic impact or the government policy. Of course, those things are important, but... We have no control and no influence over those. So we need to come back closer. And the next sort of band in, if you imagine sort of three circles, the the middle circle moves to things that may be out of our control, but we can start to influence. So that might be relationships with our customers that we're trying to rebuild and, you know, start to get those connections and those commercial activities going. But we can definitely influence some of the priorities with our team. So that's going to be absolutely critical, but we can't control them. So then we start looking at this area where we do have control. And this is really important that we focus most of our time here. So it's about my mindset. It's about how much distraction I allow in from the news and things like that. Maybe watch it once a day and and that's it. It's my daily well-being and productivity choices. And most importantly for us as leaders, as we start to think about leadership after the lockdown. It's my preparation. It's my research, starting to read more widely and see what other leaders around the world are doing. Perhaps they're ahead of the curve or ahead of the timeline for us, and we can start to learn from what they've already experienced. So this ability to zone in on what's in in my control is going to be absolutely critical in the weeks ahead. And a lot of people were asking about what's the style of leadership that's going to be needed. And I think We're going to see that shift from 
where we saw a short-term internal focus within our business as the sort of crisis uh, hit. I think we're now going to start to look at a medium term. We definitely can't look too long term, but a medium term and an external perspective. You know, what's going on in the different industries? What's going on in our market? What's going on to our external partners? And that will help us to reframe our priorities back inside the business. From a people perspective, maybe we were just bothered about health and safety, getting everyone out of our factories, out of our offices and getting home safely. And now it's about reintroducing them with mental health concerns and a real focus around employee engagement back into the business. You know, maybe from a financial point of view, we were moving from crisis management and and cost reduction. And now we're going to be thinking about some scenarios and different options that we've got to focus our investments in areas where we need to drive profitable growth or develop the mindset and skills and performance of those key people within our business. From a performance point of view, maybe it was just damage limitation, chopping partnerships off or chopping contracts at this point and and pressing pause. But now it's about recalibrating those sales forecasts and timelines so that we've got something realistic to aim for, given that maybe two or three or four months of the sales cycle has perhaps, you know, dropped away. And now from an IT point of view, we were looking at access and security where, you know, is everybody at home? Can they access all the files from the business? Is it a safe environment for them to be sharing documents with sensitive information on? Now we've pretty much got the hang of all that. Those things have been ticked. And now it's about the confidence and competence of using technology. And, And we had a client that we've been working with recently and they said, oh, you know, we've worked for 10 years with these particular you know senior leadership team but we didn't realize that we'd got uh, Microsoft Teams and Zoom we'd actually got that within the business and we'd never used it and it took this crisis to get us all comfortable and using it and now they think they'll integrate that into their normal business and then we've got this from a, a people perspective as well this role clarity and efficiency that needed to be done but I think now as we start to look a bit more entrepreneurial at the future We're going to need creativity and problem solving coming to the fore. So when we started to see some of the concerns coming through on this particular webinar about the concerns that people had, it was all focused around the fear of failure, fear of making mistakes, you know, the pressure um, and this lack of confidence from leaders could be a real challenge. So I've got an insight here in our leadership content where it might really resonate with you. So here we go. It's from Dr. Yutta Tobias Mortlock, and she's a senior lecturer in social psychology at UCL. And I think her insight really sums up some of the key elements around the confidence we need to take at this particular time of challenge. In this volatile world, leaders that admit that they don't know and leaders that need to involve other people or that actively involve other people and leaders that say, I might have been wrong here, help me, are the most effective leaders. So what does that mean? That means that leaders tell me that they still need to make decisions and they still need to set a strategy. But if the environment is not only unpredictable, but actually unknowable, right? We don't know what we need to do in, uh, in the face of stuff that we have no idea of how to plan towards, we actually then need to have a more fluid strategy and we need to have decisions that allow us to change tack 
But that's not how leaders believe they are perceived by those that look, look at them and that, that look to them for leadership. So I actually think the safest and actually most evidence-based way to help leaders set strategy in a volatile word, world is to help them become comfortable with not having a firm strategy and to become comfortable with asking for help and to become comfortable with saying, I don't actually know, and then watch what happens and manage their own anxiety as they are bombarded with all their thoughts and feelings of judgments about how do they judge me and how will they perceive me in this environment where I think I need to set a firm strategy. But that requires a lot of self-trust and self-confidence. So a fantastic insight there from Yutta Tobias Mortlock where, you know, we, we heard that critical thing that not only is the future uncertain, but it's also unknowable. So how can we possibly know how to set a five or 10 year strategy? This is going to be about not just trusting what we can see in front of us, but most importantly, trusting ourselves. You know, we have to have that self-trust and, and go easy on ourselves. We have to manage our, our, our own energy and realize that no one's perfect. So we can't berate ourselves and have that negative critic you know, attacking us. There's enough challenge out in the environment at the moment. So I think we've got to be compassionate with ourselves first and almost talk to ourselves as if we're talking to our, our friend who's leading a business that's under pressure. We wouldn't be nasty to them. So we've got to be uh, easy, take it easy on ourselves. I think another thing that we can learn from this insight is that we need to broaden our radar we need to read and listen more widely to those who are ahead of us. I mentioned it a moment ago that we may see that different countries have got different strategies, different governments, maybe some uh, senior leaders in some businesses are on social media talking about how they're um, reintroducing their workforce back into their offices. So keep an eye out on those kind of things. Maybe you could create your own cross-industry think tank and solve problems together. You must know other leaders that work in different uh, industries and maybe five or six of you as friends could get together on a on a call and say right how are you going to get people in what's the pace are you going to do it in phases are you going to do it all in one go you know what health and safety um you know environment environmental factors are you going to put into into play uh, when people first come back and i think this uh, understanding that you're not going to be a hundred percent right um, is really, really important, especially for those of us that are perfectionists. So I think we've got to be easy on ourselves and, and try and create this agile and fluid strategy, trying to improve it and iterate it as we move through the various phases over the weeks ahead. So let's look forward now to uh, leading others. Um, some of the questions that we've got in this section were around, how do I motivate my team and allay their fears, especially those that were furloughed during this period? How can I build my teams after cost and headcount reduction? Maybe there's been, you know, whole divisions of the business closed down and now we've got new people coming together and having to reform teams. If you are trying to rebuild teams, then just go back into some of these previous episodes. There were two or three looking at how we create high performing teams and they might be a really good resource for you as we think about the role clarity, the goals um, you know, the importance of building trust, the communication we need and those all important relationships that we might need to develop quickly, but virtually in the short term. So those insights might be useful for you. 
And we also had some questions around this move to a more coaching style now. Previously, when there was a consistent rhythm in the business, it's easy to see how you could just have somebody barking orders and being directive to force the pace and to hit deadlines. But absolutely now, this is you know, uh, this has been a human crisis and we need to consider a very human response. Um, You know, coaching is all about a performance partnership where we understand the person, not just the performer. Whereas, you know, often in those very directive, competitive environments, we're just looking at people's results. So it's really important for us to broaden that out. And a great question that we had in was, how can I balance the care for my people with that ruthless drive for the results that our business needs. And I think this is going to be really important to get that balance for leaders. You know, this human element is going to be so important. So the insight that I've selected from our performance zone, from our, again, from our leadership and some coaching content in the platform is from Baroness Sue Campbell. Sue's a brilliant leader in in elite sport. She's been an elite coach. She was a coach educator. She became chair of UK sport. She sort of looked, oversaw uh, a couple of Olympic cycles and is a really impressive leader. And this is her reflection on starting out on one of those leadership challenges. And I think these questions that she asks are so relevant for us, for leaders going back into the workplace trying to build that relationship and get a sort of temperature check on where people are at within our teams. This is Sue Campbell. When I first went into UK sport, I asked every member of staff three questions. What do you do? What could you do? And what stops you doing it? And it told me everything. And, you know, some of the people, I'd ask them what they did, and it sounded very mundane. They looked most uninspiring and most uninspired. But when I asked them what could they do, and they asked me what did I mean, and they said, well, if all the constraints, you know, what, what you, you know, where would you take this? Their eyes lit up, their heads came up, and I suddenly found myself confronted with these creative creatures who had really great vision. And what stopped them was usually somebody managing them from behind who was telling them they couldn't, there wasn't a budget, that's not your job, don't think like that. So I think unlocking that potential in your team in your organisation, is the greatest thing you can do as a manager, as a boss, to, to, to let that resource become a, an asset. Your job is to manage that, particularly in a team where people may have very different views about the way forward. Your job is to, is to pull those ideas together, to coalesce those ideas, to communicate back the way we're going to move forward, to draw more ideas in and then to go. That's the skill of the coach, the leader, the manager, is to unlock all that potential and then find a way to utilise it to drive the business or the team forward. Again, I love the power of those three questions. And you could see how that could build from Eddie's point at the beginning, which was about setting that direction. You know, what is our inspirational goal? How are we going to recover this business? How are we going to dominate our sector um, you know, how are we going to regain the pride and, and the sort of market position that our business had? That's the quest, that emotional quest that we're setting out that's going to transform not only our individual mindsets, but the business performance. And now we've got Sue Campbell asking those really powerful questions, almost in this context, they'd be, um, you know, what did you do in the old world? You've heard the new quest. What could you do? What are you capable of? You know, what are your ideas? 
and what's going to stop you from doing them. And again, this this ability to unlock potential is so, so important. We've got to understand every individual's context and we're going to have a variety of different you know, mindsets coming back into our business, into our teams. We could have some people that have been you know, working at home with their partner and, and young children sort of jumping up and down on them when they've been trying to do their work. Uh, we could have some families that have been hit by the virus and they've either had prolonged illness or they've even had bereavement of a, a mother or a, you know, um, a, a, a cousin or, or a relative or a dear friend. You know, we could have that kind of situation or we could have people that have been you know, working pretty well. They've not had too many distractions and they're actually chomping at the bit. They've really grown in their role. They've taken accountability for some of the tasks that they were given and they're ready to go to the next level. So I think as leaders and as coaches, we've got to be almost like performance detectives trying to understand where each of the individuals in our team is and trying to unlock their potential wherever they are. If they need a bit more of a slower integration and more support because of the challenges that they've faced, or do they need accelerating? Do they need a big challenge to get their teeth into that they can prove themselves on? That's the job for us. And to weave their individual role and their individual purpose into the team's goal and the team's purpose, and then to weave that up again to the next level into the whole organization so that every one of the team can see the vital role that they play. And that's going to happen through a coaching partnership by understanding where that person is at, what they're capable of, and then defining those timelines and deliverables and accountabilities that they want to do. They want to be part of that. And to achieve your goal, you need that accountability. But for me, it starts with questions and understanding and listening and then starting to harness those ideas and potential back towards that quest that you've set. So as we think about leading the organization now, we've got some questions around, you know, what's the strategy going to be for the next few years? Obviously, it's very different in everyone's different situation. We had one question that came in to say, what's the best approach to sanitizing our offices, social distancing and maybe a coughing policy, which I'd never heard of before. So if anyone listening to this has got a a sneezing or coughing policy in place, maybe you're a very, very well-planned HR director, you could send that in to me at hello at sportingedge.com and I'll add that to the show notes. But I think these are very relevant concerns. We've got to think about, you know, the, the health and safety as we come into the, the workplace. Some of the questions we also received are around, do you think businesses are going to use their offices differently now that working from home has been a success? Do you think they'll use them downsize or use them more flexibly? And you can absolutely see that being the case that, you know, not only will the reintegration be phased, I would imagine it's not just going to be everyone piling back onto the trains and, and buses to get into the city centre skyscrapers. But I think this flexibility around office space will change. It, it won't go back to the way it was. And I think some people... Um, that asked questions in this particular session were saying that they were worried that some of their senior leaders would go back to the old way. Uh, and we can have a look at that in the moment. But this idea of being stuck in the past and leaders being fearful and worried about the future, not really listening. It's almost that freeze mindset of the stress response, burying your head in the sun and saying, oh, well, we'll just reinstall the old way. 
Well, the context may have changed dramatically. And that leads us to our next insight, which is from the best-selling author and entrepreneur and the director of FC Michelin in Denmark and, and Brentford Football Club in the UK, Rasmus Ankerson. And his insight here gets us to take the view of an outsider, which I think is a great perspective at this time of change. Well, there is a, a willingness to treat success with the same skepticism as you as you treat failure. There's a to dig into the success and ask, I mean, is this actually sustainable the success? Is it is it is it, you know, will, can we keep doing what we're doing? You know, take an honest view on that. But it's very difficult for people to do that because if you've been successful in the past, you are likely to have a lot of emotional shares invested in what worked in the past. So I think it was the I think it was the Intel CEO the one said that the question you got to ask yourself is if if you were sacked tomorrow and somebody else came and got your job, what would they do? And and what they would do might be what you need to do because when you come from the outside and you, you kind of evaluate the opportunity on a blank sheet of paper, you know, try and protect what worked yesterday and see what is the right thing to do. And I think it's a healthy question to ask yourself once in a while. The outsider doesn't have too many assumptions about how things are supposed to be done. Um, if you've been in an industry for many years, you, you, you develop assumptions. Um, I think we all do. And we don't challenge them. You know, we build on top of those assumptions, but we, we don't question you know, what, is the, what is the underlying ideas and assumptions we build our beliefs on and what we do on. So I think the most effective problem solvers, generally speaking, are guys that work in the margins of a certain field. They know enough to understand the problem, but they don't know so much that knowledge becomes an intellectual handicap. So you, if you want to solve a chemistry problem, don't ask a chemist. Ask a molecular biology, you know, biology guy, you know, because he understands the problem, but he comes from a different field with don't have the assumptions. So what what characterizes the companies? Back to your question, that I think stay relevant is that they got that willingness to take the view of an outsider and, and look at themselves. You know, if we were going to beat ourselves, what would we do? If we were that competitor, what would we do to disrupt ourselves? You know, uh, look at yourself from the outside with a critical view. So again, a fascinating insight there to take the view of an outsider. I love that point that when you've been immersed in a business, maybe you've set that strategy over the last five or 10 or 15 or 20 years um, that knowledge can be an intellectual handicap, that um, bias, that sort of sunk cost of all those efforts and all those investments and all those, um, you know, ideas that you built in that old world before this COVID crisis now seem so hard to let go of. They seem so hard to stop. But if we use this like that analogy of the half time break in football, if you like, and we're the coach going in and, and making the team talk. We can't just repeat what we did in the first half. We have to think about what's the game asking us to do differently? What's the opposition doing? What's the market doing? You know, what are the signs that we're reading out there and how are we going to adapt proactively in control, you know, decisively rather than just hesitating and trying to reinstall what we did before? It's absolutely critical that we look at this with fresh eyes 
we start to track some of the custom and demands and expectations, they will have changed. Maybe you can survey that and use data to highlight these hidden trends and, and bias that you have. You know, you might have a feeling that, that something, you know, a pattern of behavior is, is definitely the case. But actually, when you see the data, the, the raw objective data, it might surprise you. So I think we've got to use that objective source to try and challenge our own bias and those hidden sort of sunk costs. We've got to think about running uh, organization-wide surveys to challenge the systems and processes. Maybe people throughout those organizational levels have got ideas about how it could be improved. Now, obviously, we've got to uh, you know, balance this. But if you think back to Sue Campbell's question, you know, what could you do and what stops you doing it? Maybe people are saying that the legal process is too long. Maybe the procurement process is too long. We need to speed things up and we need to have lighter touch points through our organizations. And everybody who works on those particular tasks will know where the sticking points are. And maybe now is the time to you know, put in some shortcuts and challenge those systems and, and processes so that we can move more nimbly through this challenge. We also need to think about how we can be challenged. You know, are you open to feedback? There's two ways of handing a document out and saying, right, I've been sitting at home, I've written this polished strategy, it's, you know, it's my best thinking, what do you think? And hope that uh, you don't just get an echo chamber around of all your board or your executive saying, yes, yes, boss, yes, that's very good. Maybe the, the way to present that information in the current crisis is to say, look, I've had a first stab at what I think we should be doing the, the first three phases or the first two months back in the workplace, but I need your six or seven different diverse perspectives to look at this from a commercial, legal customer, consumer, HR, different perspective so that you can really attack this and we make sure that it's the right thing for the business. So that humility to say you're not going to get it right. So so embrace other people's ideas, I think is going to be absolutely critical. So I mentioned at the beginning that I'd like to give you the opportunity to join us for our Winning Mindset for Leaders. This is the digital coaching program that we run every quarter at Sporting Edge. We've had some fantastic businesses from around the world and some amazing entrepreneurs and, and executives and senior leaders on this program. And while everyone's focusing on the bottom line of the, the business or their reputation uh, as a leader, what we try and move back through those systems is that we start thinking about, well, OK, if you want your bottom line or your reputation to be great, then you've got to be delivering great results. If you want to be delivering great results, then you need to be behaving in a certain way. These high performance behaviors need to be there. You need to be courageous, decisive, inclusive. You know, you need to be a great coach. You need to be considering different ways to build your strategy and influence people to lead change. All of those things will lead up to delivering great results. And those high performance behaviors come from your mindset. If your mindset is fearful and stuck in the past, then you're going to not deliver those high performance behaviors. So we've developed this content over a couple of years now, linking in with some of the best HR directors and senior leaders, trying to understand the mindset and the, the behaviours that are needed to drive high performance across lots of different sectors. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I want to introduce you to Sporting Edge's Winning Mindset for Leaders programme. It builds on many of today's key themes and explores the 12 factors of great leadership 
which have emerged from our research into the psychology of high performance. We've interviewed some of the world's highest profile leaders from the military, elite sport and the performing arts to find out how they lead themselves, their teams and their organisations through periods of pressure and uncertainty. Their fascinating personal experiences and strategies have been curated into a pioneering digital coaching programme to accelerate your leadership impact. We've created the programme to be flexible around your busy schedule and you'll be able to apply the case studies and examples directly into your own career to maximise your impact. So learn more about our Winning Mindset for Leaders programme at sportingedge.com. In times of uncertainty, change and pressure, good leadership is a game changer. The Winning Mindset for Leaders is a pioneering digital coaching program which will equip you with the mindset and skills you need to lead yourself, your team and your organisation through turbulent times. With insights from world-class strategists, academics and leaders from elite sport, the military, performing arts and business, these essential skills will keep you ahead of the game. Find out more about this transformational 12-week program at www.sportingedge.com or email hello at sportingedge.com. The winning mindset for leaders. They often say that you end up being most like the five people you spend your time around. Well, all I can say is that the people we've got in this library, whether it's from Olympic coaches, international, you know, rugby, cricket, football coaches... We've got academics from Harvard and London Business School. We've got neuroscientists. We've got creative experts from Google and Cirque du Soleil. We've got futurists and strategists from the Davos Committee. We've got professors of ethics and best-selling authors on change. And there are 100 experts. We've interviewed them all and pulled their best thinking together into this program which basically runs around three modules of leading self, leading others, leading the organization. And then we've got these 12 weekly challenges, which are absolutely pivotal skills that leaders need. And we move through this very flexible learning style with these short curated videos and practical strategies that myself and our team of psychologists and learning experts have developed in the workbooks and different levels of the platform. And we'll give you coaching webinars monthly and you'll learn together as a group in a forum where we can share ideas about how we're going to navigate this challenging period. So you'll get access for six months to our Performance Zone library and that's where all of these audio clips are coming from. There's 850 micro lessons in there on 83 different topics. So a huge resource for you to get hold of. And as we move through leading self, it will be things like defining your personal impact. We'll give you a profile to see where your strengths are. Then we'll start thinking about a growth mindset, that ability to think like an outsider, to take on feedback and give you more confidence about that. And then your resilience and well-being will be important as well as your communication. And that communication is in leading self because it starts in your head, as we've discussed on some of these other podcast episodes. Then in the second month, we'll start to step up to leading our teams. And that's all about motivation and engagement, understanding how to unlock performance in other people, how to be an inclusive leader and drive collaboration, how to coach some of those brilliant world-class coaches from the performing arts, the military and elite sport. We'll be giving you strategies that have helped them to get to the best of their field. And then we'll also look from the psychology of high-performing teams to finish off that module. 
And then when we've got ourselves and our teams flying, we'll absolutely scale up to the next level, which is about leading the organization. And this is things like direction and purpose, performance focus, where we start to learn what kind of analytics and how to use data to drive accountability and performance. And then we'll look at innovation and agility and finally leading change, which is going to be an absolutely critical part of our role. So these focused and concise micro lessons, now that we've not got the time commuting, maybe you could use this time just 15 minutes per week on this program. But there's lots of layers and lots of insights and workbooks and and activities that come with the program. So you can spend as long as you'd like to learning from these incredible people. And I'll be on hand all the way through. And if you follow that program and and join us, you'll get CPD points. I think there's 67 CPD points. It's a great way to get that accreditation for your year and also a beautiful shiny certificate comes your way at the end. So um, there's nothing really like this in the market because of the world experts that we've gone to. But I think most executive coaching sort of programs are around six to twelve thousand pounds for six to twelve sessions. Um, and this is just nine hundred and ninety nine pounds per person, which includes six months to our library. So we get a lot of businesses looking for their leadership teams and, and high potential. So we've really tried to you know, make that price point available to everyone, whether you're an entrepreneur or a senior leader in a business. So our next cohort starts on the 29th of May. So if you'd like to register your interest in joining that great cohort of execs from around the world and myself, then uh, just drop me an email through to hello at sportingedge.com and we'll make sure that you have all the information you need to join us ahead of that 29th of May launch date. And As I said at the beginning, if you're listening to this after that date, then just go to sportingedge.com and and hop on our next cohort. So just going back to the insights around leading the organization, I've got a couple more questions that came in, which I thought would be useful to share with you. It's about how can we operate effectively and profitably during this phased return to lockdown? I think this came from one of our clients in the health and fitness sector, obviously lots of gyms and And those facilities have been closed down during this period. And I think um, I heard one of the leaders in the industry talking about this phased return and how equipment's going to be spread out further. And there's going to be different sort of flexibility and, and, and opening spaces for different exercise types. And obviously, a lot of people are using virtual classes and things as well, which can all be integrated during this phased reentry. Somebody else was asking about uh, this black swan event, this shock, this catastrophic event, and how could the the learning from this particular crisis improve our readiness for the future? Well, that's a great question. And I think so many of the elite sports teams around the world are trying to do scenario planning. Uh, so we think so much about brainstorming and, and what we're going to do. But what about rainstorming? What about preparing for those cloudy and stormy days when things aren't going well? And I think this is where we have to ask ourselves how many of us as businesses took all of our teams off site and see if they could work from from home remotely. None of us probably did that. So that's why it took us a while to work out how we get access to files and different softwares and licenses that we'd need. So I think part of our strategy going forward should always be to pressure test ourselves and maybe have some of these brainstorming sessions to think about where we're vulnerable in the future in this new landscape and how we can prepare ourselves for that going forwards. 
And another group of questions were around how can we bring more agility into our organisation with some new practices that we've learned during lockdown and a great expert that we can dive into our performance zone and this leadership programme for advice from is Professor Tammy Erickson, who's one of the leaders at London Business School. And she helps a lot of senior leaders and entrepreneurs in their executive programmes in how to become more agile. So this is one of her insights. Some of the things that I recommend to leaders about changing their operating model, uh, take advantage of this moment that we're in, the technology that we have available. Uh, technology, for example, the costs have dropped dramatically in the past. It's now basically possible to find anyone anytime at almost no cost. So what that means is two things for organizations. One is they should own less and two is they should plan less. And what I mean by that is they should be less locked in to assets that they own, including full-time employees, and they should be less locked in to long-range plans that they try to follow rotely as the months go by. Bumpers that guide them, yes, but a lot of flexibility is required. Now, the reason that those two things are so important is that's really what builds agility in an organization, which is what they need most now. It's kind of funny being in a business school because I quite often have well-intentioned CEOs send their executives here and say, Tammy, can you teach my people to be agile? Well, that's a little bit of a humorous question, to be frank, because clearly I don't teach humans to be agile. What I can teach are organizations to be agile. And the way to be agile as an organization is quite honestly, to own less and plan less. You leave yourself more options, more flexibility. So the short answer about how do you deal with the change is you figure out where are your areas of greatest uncertainty, because there are some things that we can say even today are pretty well known, but where are the greatest uncertainties? And then in those areas, don't lock yourself in. Build as many options as possible. Networks where you could pull it from different directions depending upon what's required. Uh, options for different places you could rent resources depending upon what ends up being required. Build options into your organization so that your people can exercise agility when they come in contact with a new development. So another great insight there from a leading academic helping us to think in a more agile and flexible way about reducing those long-term obligations and commitments, whether it's around property or processes, and we can start to invest in those shorter-term experiments and those more profitable options. One of the other leaders in our digital library speaks about even the super tanker businesses need to change direction. So rather than trying to turn the super tanker, maybe they could invest in some speedboat projects. Maybe you start up a new business under a new brand and test out some new technology or test out a new strategy, knowing that it's got the safety of the, the sort of mothership all the way along, rather than trying to wait for something to move that's stuck and, and tied to some very long obligations. So it's starting to think about how we can 
uh, free ourselves up to make some of those faster decisions and experiment a little bit more. Maybe within our businesses, we can recruit cross-functional talent into special project teams. Imagine some great performers, high potentials coming across from different industry sectors or different parts of our business and working together on specific problems. They can run those test and learn scenarios and provide incredibly valuable feedback back to the business to help us move more quickly. So I think this is an opportunity to look for those high potentials in your business and give them this fresh project to start with. So all of this sounds a little bit daunting. You know, there's lots of change. There's lots of uncertainty. And as we heard from Yutta Tobias Mortlock, some of it's even unknowable. So how are we supposed to be um, confident going into this time? Well, probably a, a good place to learn from is the All Blacks. And the best-selling author, James Kerr, wrote a book called Legacy. I hope you've read that. It's Lessons from the All Blacks, a fantastic book about the world's most successful sporting team of all time. And I was really interested in lots of things about leadership and team culture and all of those different things about the All Blacks. But in this particular insight from James's interview, he talks about how the All Blacks handle expectation and this reframing is so valuable for us to listen to today. If we talk about embracing expectation and the courage that that takes, um, I think one of the you know, the secrets, if you like, um, that the All Blacks have done so well is they've realised that people play best when they're really enjoying it, you know, when they're celebrating it. And by bringing a sense of gratitude and a sense of the moment uh, and the, the, the privilege uh, that, it, that, it, that it is to kind of pull on a black jersey and run out there, that embracing of that expectations creates a space where people will express themselves um, try new things um, uh, and 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 keep pushing that kind of a, a, a you know intuitive competitive advantage if you like. Um, so so you know is courage the right word for it? Is it just kind of fronting up and putting on a brave face? I'm, I've, I think it's more about realizing that you know there's a lovely phrase um, that that pressure is a privilege. You know that if you're not under pressure, it's 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 like riding a motorbike and the wind's not in your face. What's the point? You know, these are the moments we live for, you know, as competitive human beings in sport. You know, those are the moments you live for. And it's a privilege to be part of that. Embrace that privilege. Walk towards the flame, you know, um, uh, and, 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 and kind of make the most of that opportunity because they don't come around that often. And that mindset isn't really about just being brave. It's actually genuinely about enjoying it. And that's an incredibly resourceful environment, personal environment to be in. Um, because you're relaxed, you're enjoying it, you're playing and you're playful, um, you're connected in a, in a different way and much better than sitting there completely nervous thinking, being risk averse and hoping I don't make a mistake. So courage would be sitting there going, I hope I don't make a mistake, I'm really brave to be here. I think the opposite is just embrace it and be grateful for the privilege and make the most of it. So maybe we can be a little bit more like an all black and embrace this privilege. If we're going to be leaders, we've got a choice, basically. We either sit back, be hesitant, be fearful, doubt ourselves, doubt our team, doubt our business is even going to survive. Or we pull on our black shirt, if you like the analogy, and say, right, I'm to be a leader. This is my time. 
I'm going to do something that makes me and the business incredibly proud. We're going to give it our best shot. And now's the time to embrace the opportunity. Everyone in the world is facing it. It's about who comes out of it best. So just a bit of a reflection. We've got to manage our own mindset. We've got to become comfortable in uncertainty. And even when we don't know what's possible in the future, we've got to trust ourselves to connect with our leadership group, our mentors, our network to find the very best ideas and pull those together into a plan and keep iterating that plan until we succeed. Um, We heard from the great Eddie Jones talking about redefining that quest, that purpose, you know, restate that. That's why your business exists in the first place. And we need to be able to understand what this business is doing. I know for me, this has been really powerful. I, I set Sporting Edge up really because as an England cricketer, I didn't feel like anyone spoke about the strategies for mindset and leadership. And and that's why myself and the team have gone in search of all these insights to try and help other people. So I've been doing free webinars and podcasts to try and share these insights with you. And it's really given me energy to reconnect with that purpose and that quest. So we need to think like an outsider, that really important element of dropping some of those old inherited thoughts and ideas that may have been successful for the last decade. Well, The world's very different now and we've got to have a new set of skills and play to the conditions that are in front of us now, as we would say in sport. From Sue Campbell, we heard that all important insight about empowering and unlocking the potential in our teams. Those three questions. What do you do? What could you do? And what stops you doing it? Remember, we've got to be a coach. We've got to be a detective. This has been a human crisis. We have to absolutely have a human response to be able to navigate this and get our teams back on board and pointing in the right direction. And then we need to have that organizational agility to solve new problems. Tammy Erickson told us that the businesses that she's coached at London Business School need to drop some of those long-term ties and be more nimble so that we can have that agile approach both outside with our contracts and partners and leases and all those commitments but also within the business can we pull together talented high potentials and get them working on particular projects to help us to speed up and then that final insight from the All Blacks and James Kerr be courageous What we've got to go and do is go out and absolutely smash it now. We've got to be open and learn from it, but we've got to commit 100% to this and have absolutely no regrets. It could be a defining time in our leadership careers. So thanks for listening in. I really hope that you found these insights today from our digital library uplifting and helpful for you as you start to think about leadership after the lockdown. Maybe you're an entrepreneur with your own business. Maybe you're in a large multinational business and you've got to lead a team. Well, I hope you found these insights practical that you can start to deliver some of these skills as you move forward. I have one small request. I've already said a huge thank you for those people who've helped me to promote this podcast. So please do me one favor. I'd love you to copy this URL link into your LinkedIn feed or your social feeds and copy myself and two of your connections who you think would enjoy this podcast. And I'll reply with a virtual high five, a hug or whatever the social distancing equivalent is these days. I'd love more people to benefit from these podcasts and messages. So I appreciate your help. 
Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to get in touch about the Leaders Programme that starts at the end of May, then please send me an email to hello at sportingedge.com. It's Jeremy Snape on LinkedIn, at The Sporting Edge on Twitter. And I wish you every success. Until next time, keep well and good luck.